<laughs> James, you nuts. <laughs> what, what? Howdy, guys. Howdy, partner. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> Welcome, listener, to the 13th Floor Podcast. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And we're here to talk about something else that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that we are. How have you guys been? Oh, I love the silence. <laughs> no complaints, really. No complaints. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've just been cooking a lot because, well, everybody knows why. Yeah. And that's that's about it. What's the best thing you've cooked lately? Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, man. I made uh, I made homemade marinara with uh, gnocchi and diced ham, and it was really good. That wow. sounds delicious minus the ham. What? <laughs> I don't... Me and ham do not go together. Oh, man. Ham is my fave. Well, James, I'm happy that you made some delicious food. We've been cooking a lot, too, but I don't know if any of it's been delicious. Alex? I mean, I guess none of your food you make is delicious, but my turkey burgers I made were delicious. I made the turkey burgers. Thank you very much. Who cooked them? Who who made the meat? You would have made it. You would have served them up raw, and I would have been dead already. (laughs) Listeners, if you could see me right now, you'd see that my eyes are rolling into my head. Crossed. I've been outside. I've been spending a lot of time outside. And today, uh, James, I looked down at my feet and I realized that I have a shoe tan. Ah, nice. I, yeah, right where my shoes start. Uh, I didn't think I could tan. Usually I just straight up burn, but you can tell I've been wearing some shoes. Good deal. Do we have an icebreaker? Uh, let me look it up real quick, though, first, because I'll need a, a list of them. But, but just for the record, like if you could have a psychic power, a mm-hmm. psychic power. What would you want? A psychic power. Yeah, and I will list. I will list off the the, the options. Okay, so there's okay. there's apportation, and that means that you can make objects appear or disappear. There's astral projection, which see, see, we already do that, but that's when you can project out of your body. There is divination, that is uh, being able to determine the future. Dousing, you can find water. I mean, who wouldn't want that? God, that's the most boring one. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's levitation, which, bear in mind, is not the same thing as flying. I mean, it's like you can hover. Um, there's psychokinesis, that's moving objects with your mind. Or there is telepathy, being able to speak into other people's minds. Mm. Ooh, what about mind control? Is that not one? Oh. Is that telepathy? Not really. Mm. I, you know what? I wouldn't want to hear other people. You tell that to Charles Xavier. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be able to hear other people's thoughts because I feel like that would get really annoying. Yeah. Well, you can also transmit thoughts. You know, you could take your pick. Yeah, but what's what's the point of transmitting thoughts if you can't really like if they can't answer you secretly? You know what I mean? Oh, see, that's the one I would. That's the one I would pick. I would just make everybody here just vote for James, vote for James over and over again, all the time. And then I'd run for election. People like you know for whatever reason. I just got a good feeling about this guy. <laughs> I, see, I feel like if I were hearing that in my brain, I'd just get annoyed with it, and I'd be like, you know what? There's something I, there's something odd about this guy. The fact that all of us are saying that we can hear vote James in our head, there's uh. there's something going on. <laughs> Maybe. It, I think that I would want to go with, what's it called when you can move objects with your minds? Uh, telekinesis or psychokinesis, yeah. Psychokinesis. I think yeah. I'd want to do that just because I'm lazy and I'd be able to use it to get things from across the room. Huh? Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> I don't think that's the first time you've picked something just because you're lazy. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say telekinesis because I could levitate myself and I could fly. Ah, there you go. I bet you get really bad migraines, though, because it's heavy, you know? Well, is that a fat joke, James? Uh, I mean, is that a fat joke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Well. Just think about the hilarious pranks I could pull. That's true. Well, see, that's another great thing oh, about telepathy, yeah. though, is you could literally just, uh, you could really mess people up. Like, you, you could have so much fun at a cashier, too, because they'd be counting out the yeah. change, and, like, in their head, they'd be counting in their head, one, two, and in their head, you're just like, 205, 209. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you all thought I was ridiculous when, a few episodes back, I told you all I would like to be Bigfoot's best friend. Oh, so mess could, with people, yeah. We could travel and mess with people, yeah. but here you are. <laughs> you both guys got cruel, like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to use this. For good. I'm going to grab myself a glass of water from the other day. <laughs> for good. I don't know if floating an ice cream to yourself is for good. <laughs> hey, it's, it's better than mentally torturing people. Mm. I didn't say I was going to torture all of them. James mm, did. Yeah, yeah so. I did. You can make people go crazy. <laughs> all right. So we're here today to talk about television psychics. And this topic was submitted to us by Dee Dee. She reached out to us on the 13th Floor Instagram. If you're not following us yet, do it. What's up, Dee Dee? Yeah, what's up, Dee Dee? Thank you for submitting this topic. She wanted to know about specifically Amy Allen of the Dead Files, which, Alex, that's what you're talking about today. Yeah, and I'm very... I I was handed Amy Allen because I'm not in the know about these television mediums. Nope. Cece loves them. I love them. She loves them. I don't don't know... (laughs) I don't know how much she was watched of the Dead Files. See, are you a I've professional a, Dead Files? I, I, you know, I've viewer? watched some, but not many. Because I know your dad's a big fan. Yes, of my that dad. Type of show. He loves all these little ghost shows on the Travel Channel, <laughs> the Sci-Fi Channel. He's all about it. Yeah, yeah. And so, for those of you that don't know, Amy Allen is she's one of the two stars of the show, The Dead Files, which has been going on since 2011. It just wrapped up its 12th season, so they do have some years with two seasons. It's a lot of seasons. Uh, So, yeah, it's actually pretty successful. And the show's layout is essentially that she's a medium. She goes into these houses knowing nothing and tries to figure out why this place is haunted. The other side of the coin is that she has someone she works with at the end of each episode named Detective Dishiavi. And he's like this retired New York police detective. And together, they compare notes at the end and typically find that Amy Allen and him have the same notes. That's pretty much the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually a pretty interesting concept. And I, I guess the question here is, well, is, is Amy Allen a real psychic or is this just t- TV magic wizardry? Yeah. You know? And, you know, I, my initial reaction is, eh, I don't really think so. But... I guess let's look at some interesting parts of all this. So Amy isn't given according to the show's producer and creator. So there's clearly some bias in this interview that he had given, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. And so Amy isn't given any information about the property and everything inside as they show at the beginning of the episode. Uh, I've watched one episode to learn about this. We watched the pilot. Which was pretty, they're they're well made. I'll, I'll say that about mm. it. But uh, that someone goes inside and kind of flips her 
removes things that would distract her. And that way she can really focus on whatever spirit is haunting the area. Yeah. But according to the producer, Amy gets on a plane not even knowing what state she's going to. That's not right. Because you know what? At that terminal, they're like (laughs) boarding the plane for Dallas. You know what I mean? Well, they probably have a private plane. What? This is the travel channel. This This is the travel channel. Good point. (laughs) They do is travel. They got some perks. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe, maybe if you ever see a woman blindfolded in the in the airport, that's Amy Allen <laughs> with the little earmuffs on that yeah. they, wear, they put on kids at that, concerts. That, or she just got her eyes closed and she's just asking the ghosts at the airport which way to go. Yeah. Well, you know, I have been told that airports are supposedly the most spirit ridden places on the planet, mm. which is odd to me, but also kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, she's not given any information about this place. She likes to go in completely blank. It, it's her way of looking at it as a way to essentially prove her validity. And th- this is, again, from the interview with the series creator, who claims that he's a complete skeptic, despite what he's seen on the show with her. Well, well. I don't know. So, but he says that he really likes her and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But he he also claims to be a skeptic. So... I watched this episode, and it's the very first episode I've ever watched, and it's actually pretty fun in this like kind of pulpy way. Like it's got really ham hammy uh, editing and stuff. That's mm. like even for 2011 when this <laughs> the pilot was, it's pretty dated in terms of the way it's edited. Uh, it's got and, like, like like the weird music in the background where they like look up the the hallway and goes <laughs> like you know like oh there's the woman's <laughs> up there. <Ooh."> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, I will say, I, I see why people enjoy this, because the mood is, like, pretty... It's done pretty well. It's creepy. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, everything everything is edited just right, and it's filtered through, like, so much production that you just can't help but feel that this thing is kind of fake. <laughs> like, mm. it's got... But it's also, like, got this entertainment value that kind of sucks you into it. And I don't have any evidence of it, but it naturally just feels that way to me that like I, I can't put my finger on some of the other things about it but there's a lot of the detractors uh, say that Amy is a complete fraud now I don't see anything in it at least in the first episode that I'm like this is clearly a lady that's probably acting but there's nothing that I say is like okay this lady is a fake based upon and from what I read okay well based upon the pilot she seemed to be the most authentic part of the pilot. The thing that got me, like, where I was like, oh, this is so fake, was the, like, the people who called her in. Yes. Like, the man who owned the house, and he's like, I don't know, something was calling me to this bar. <laughs> oh, I oh. opened up a portal. <laughs> he opened up a portal with a dandelion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's my favorite. Um, wow. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to defend Amy, because... It's really weird. So Amy Allen doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Weird. Amy Allen has very few things written about her. Hmm. Well, and another very thing is few things she doesn't about say her. very much herself. Yeah, yeah, it seems like she's like very to herself. I couldn't find like really any deep dives into her. And I couldn't find very many articles saying bad things about her. Like there's these places that. Or like, oh yeah, a skeptic, she's a fraud, and that detective has clearly become more of a uh, 
believer as the show has gone on mm-hmm. instead of like this skeptic role that he's playing at the very beginning, which I don't think he's really even playing the skeptic role very much at the very beginning. It seems like he's kind of like going in that direction anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how you could do the show and be completely skeptical. Personally. Actors do it all the time. Have I you know. ever seen The well, Haunting? Well, there was that TV show, The House on Haunting? I know, but I'm assuming that this is a... I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that this is 100% authentic. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, that's what I'm saying. But I'm getting ready to probably defend them more than I would like to. <laughs> because I've seen... The biggest article I really found was why Amy Allen is a complete fraud, pretty much. And mm. I was like... Okay, well, let's see what the evidence is of why she's a fraud. And there's not much. So, first, and this this is an article over on tvovermind.com. And it was written, is, yeah, it's why the show is completely fake. So, the first thing they said is that there's no evidence that she is real. That's the argument. Yeah, I mean, I mean she's, their argument is that they haven't caught anything on tape yet. Well, we've talked about this maybe a little bit before, but who's to say that you can catch anything on tape, mm-hmm. spirit like like a spirit like that? Why is it on us to make something potentially impossible possible? Yeah. So the argument that oh they haven't caught anything on tape yet, like a spirit. Well, who said you can? Huh. Who made that rule? Wow, this is really <laughs> neat. That because I think like for one episode we're going to be like reversing roles here, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, so you know that I think that argument is kind of short-sighted. And then they also said signs of staging. They say that because this is filmed at night, which I thought is when spirits were most prevalent, right? That's it's assumed that they come out at night at three a.m. And then they also say that similar things that the Amy Allen says similar phrases across multiple episodes, like it's almost like it's written on a script. And to that, I say, well, maybe not. I mean, people have a tendency to reuse similar phrases over and over anyway. How many times have you known somebody that just overuses a phrase that maybe drives you crazy? Oh, <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so I think a writer would actually more than likely use different words instead of reusing phrases over and over. Hmm. And they also say that she encounters the same types of ghosts. I'm saying, well, again, we don't know anything really about ghosts, so maybe only mad, angry ghosts are the type that show up. Maybe. Well, those are the shows that are more interesting. If people call and say, hey, I've got a malevolent ghost in my house. Mm Versus, hey, I've got a ghost that makes me really happy. Yeah. Right? That's true. And they, and they also say that her information doesn't really provide any new insight from what you can maybe Google about the property yourself, which is probably the most valid part of this person's argument. Hmm. But I think you're making a lot of assumptions at this point as well that she is doing that. And the other argument, which is, I think, Cece, maybe why the property owner maybe felt so fake is that this argument is that people want to be haunted, which uh-huh. I think is probably pretty true. I don't so, like that especially, one Well, especially property owners. I mean, that is essentially you're turning your house into a tourist trap, hmm. which is a hmm. boon for you, especially if you're a, a nothing B&B or something like that. 
And the old Scooby Doo stratagem. <laughs> yeah. And and honestly, Amy Allen, she probably wants it to be true too. But that doesn't mean that it's not true. Mm. And I obviously the show wouldn't exist if most of the people on board of this didn't want it to be true in some way, just like the property owner who is probably or very possibly lying. He was was an actor to the T. You know, I used to take acting classes and like the way that he was (laughs) acting, I was looking at him. I'm like, this is like the most unrealistic. Well, what of this, Cece? I'm going to give you a hypothesis. Okay. Why am I defending this? Yeah. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Um, what if that guy had already told his story and then he was told to retell his story in front of the camera with emotion? No, it was just the way it was the way he was carrying himself and he's like <sighs> Well that's what I'm saying. Could this be a guy who was told to act who was like he told his story and then they're like, Well, here, do this in front of the camera and then he just is not a good actor. Well, the only reason that I'm not upset about it is because it's the pilot. And usually the pilot is <laughs> you know the worst episode. Yeah, but I've seen like shows where it's like they do go on and they interview real people. Like there are other ghost shows that interview real people and they don't act like the guy did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's what I can find on the internet is that there is not much about Amy Allen. But what there is in, in terms of people debunking her, it's just saying that doesn't exist. But it's not with any really great reasons other than, you know, it probably doesn't exist. Like, I don't think it it exists, but I don't have any great argument against it. I mean, the the argument against not catching anything on tape, that works for a show about Bigfoot. That Mm. doesn't work for a show about ghosts, really, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'm not going to debunk Amy Allen. It's very real. It's very possible that she sees these things, but I don't personally believe it. She seemed very <clears throat> nice, but she did. She did seem like the most authentic part of the show, in my opinion. She sells you on the creepiness factor. Of course, the editing really does that, too. Yeah, they but, like do this. And the dark lighting. Reverb her voice as she's talking. Yeah. And she's like, because she, basically what happens is the spirits speak through her. The spirit's like, oh, yeah, why are you that. here? And then it's like, she repeats, it's like, why are you here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the editing does that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's creepy. <laughs> but yeah, so Amy Allen is pretty interesting. And really the most horrifying part of it all is that I couldn't find a Wikipedia page for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, the fact that a Wikipedia, it's just the red line, you know, how sometimes you get the, the name in red and you're like, oh my God, there's no link. <laughs> that was like the biggest plot. It was like a Shyamalan twist. Yeah. So that's Amy Allen. James, who are you talking about? I'm talking mostly about John Edward, but I'm also going to touch up a little bit on Miss Cleo and Mark Edward. Um, oh, ooh, yeah. Miss Cleo. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly the deal. Like, like her story's not a long one, but it was worth bringing up. I don't know. But uh, John Edward. Uh, the reason I picked him is when I think of TV psychics, I think of the heyday of TV psychics, which was like mid 90s to early 2000s when it was just, you know, uh, in the past, psychics every now and again will pop up on Oprah or something. But for the most part, do you all remember? Do you all remember them popping up on Nickelodeon? 
Yeah. I remember, I remember Miss Cleo popping up on Nickelodeon quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. Well, Miss Cleo <laughs> is a very kid-friendly kind of personality, and we'll, we'll touch a little more on that in, in a minute. But, but like, before the mid-'90s, really, if you, if you were a, a purported medium or psychic, it was more like, uh, like street work, you know? Like, it was something you did. It was kind of like a con yeah. job that you would do like pickpocketing almost, you know, you, you set up shop somewhere public, you would purport to have these abilities. People would give you money, uh, either like face to face, like a client or, or, you know, just putting money in the hat or whatever. And that yeah. was it. The idea of being a celebrity for having supposed psychic powers outside of like the spiritualist movement, when we talk about like the Fox sisters and whatnot, it really wasn't like a thing. You know, there's this big gap where that wasn't really an issue and then here comes John Edward, and all of a sudden there's there's TV shows crossing over with John Edward, and uh, and it, it just sort of got the ball rolling. Like I don't think we would have this topic if John Edward hadn't been there. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about him. First of all, uh, he's the son of a uh, Irish American cop and an Italian American working mom, <laughs> which just to me like that's that's how every uh, crime movie starts isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah I think isn't so. it, you know but uh <laughs> even as a kid the reason i brought that up was literally for the crime joke but uh <laughs> but the uh even when he was uh, a kid he you know he was very religious at first and then he started feeling a, a strange disconnect but then and, and i'm talking like as a, as a teenager he was just a full-blown skeptic but then a woman in New Jersey read him and told him that you know you could be you could become a medium. You have you have the gift, boy. You have the gift. So <laughs> he uh, he became a uh, phlebotomist and uh, he met his wife when he was doing that. And then at some point he just started doing uh, readings of people. And <laughs> you know he he ended up going on um, like flipping Larry King. He, he he went on all these talk shows and and that I think that's really what made the TV medium popular was I mean again there were there were people on Oprah who were doing similar things same things with hypnotism but here was somebody who was working these big crowds you know he was yeah. he wasn't talking to one person oh, excuse me sir I can't help but notice that you're you're nervous about finances it'll be okay because your <laughs> your father says you know instead this is he's working a big room with like hundreds sometimes thousands of people and it's just is there a claire here claire claire your uncle says hi and like and and you know people start crying and they start getting worked up and what's amazing about it is it's really the same tactics that are employed with the one-on-one the difference is there's there's two different kinds, and we're going to touch up on that a little bit later, but there's cold reading and there's hot reading. And cold reading is where you use broad generalizations, and he's a master of cold reading, John Edward is. Um, and that's that's where, you know, uh, your, your, your family's telling you not to worry. Well, everybody's worried so about something, so that's very broad. Uh, most people, if you pick out a certain age group, you can probably infer that their parents or grandparents are dead. You know, and so on. And then there's hot reading. Hot reading is where you actually do research on people. You select them. You have them fill out questionnaires beforehand. And this is pretty much necessary for like TV psychics. It's not something you're going to see like for, you know, somebody working a one-on-one kind of crowd. But 
basically what he's doing is he's he's getting information in advance and then he's using it. Hmm. Yeah, and and that's you know the beginning of people criticizing him was sort of the beginning of of it's it's odd the the paradox to that because when people started actually learning about cold and hot reading, that was when the TV psychics, you know, his his stepping down from from the spotlight is when all these other shows started popping up. Isn't that peculiar? Yeah, I genuinely, yeah, I genuinely don't entirely understand that. And here's a fun little callback. Um, South Park made fun of him, calling him the biggest douche in the universe, where they explained <laughs> cold reading and hot reading. Uh, they were inspired by their friend, who we've mentioned so many times. It's your boy James Randy. Um, James Randy. Yeah, James Randy's flim flam. <laughs> talks about uh, hot and cold reading and that that was what inspired their their spoof of him and john edward by the way he's still working like he he goes on tour he has private readings he has a really nice website i did look at his uh his schedule and i I think it's kind of funny like it's it's from june out uh different places what would have been impressive would have been if uh, there was a roster of things from you know early march to to mid-may that said you know canceled in advance or something why why did you cancel this in january john edward oh you'll see (laughs) (laughs) so that that pretty much sums up uh john edward uh now i'm going to touch up on on a little other thing oh and before i say anything else i just also wanted to, to say one peculiar interesting thing about james randy uh because he is a fascinating guy, and I feel like we never get to actually talk about him at all. But the dude is like 91, and he still does proper magic, like, you know, uh, performance magic. And, and I just think that's so cool. Like, it's just, uh, he's an, a fascinating guy, and I think everybody who's interested in uh, occultism or, or the paranormal or the supernatural, to balance that out, I really recommend people read uh, Flim Flam. It was the inspiration for Penn and Teller, and it was the inspiration for that South Park episode. But now we're moving from John Edward to Miss Cleo. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Miss Cleo, this is, I'm not trying to to talk ill about people, but there's something karmic about this story, and you'll see in a minute. So uh, Miss Cleo, what is not actually named Miss Cleo, her name is uh, Yuri Del Harris, and she's was born in L.A., but her family was Caribbean. So I, I don't necessarily think that the accent is wholly fake, even though I think it's 100% hyper-exaggerated. I mean, it's probably like a parody of her mom or grandma. But uh, mm-hmm. initially, you know, when she first started out, she uh, she was not doing psychic stuff at all. She actually opened a uh, production company, theatrical production company in Seattle, to uh, produce plays that she had written. And... <laughs> um, what ended up happening is she borrowed a lot of money from her cast and her producers and other people and wouldn't pay them back. So she ended up with like a bunch of debts, in other words. So she told them all that she had bone cancer, which is very broad, you know, not a specific kind, and that uh, those medical costs would keep her from paying them. So she just like she literally she did what old timey con men did like back in the wild west she just like drove to another town <laughs> it's just so weird to think about now like that's not something you could do now so yeah. then she gets a job for psychic readers network uh under a pseudonym cleo and like any other i mean again bear in mind this is somebody who had a production company 
jokes, you know, so she's, she's no stranger to theater. So she makes a character, you know, she comes up with this, this shamaness from Jamaica named Cleo. And <laughs> she, I mean, she even has like a background that she's from Trelawney, Jamaica, which is probably where her flipping grandma is from. Like I said, uh, so everybody who was alive during this period is familiar with Miss Cleo. She was all over the place. And then what ultimately ended up happening is because they were giving advice to people, like sometimes very big advice upon which people's health or livelihood depends, and it didn't pan out the way the psychic said, well, what happened was the Psychic Readers Network was sued by a lot of people, including entire states, like 13, <laughs> which is, again, our magic number, 13 different states at least came forward and were like, no, this is not going to work. You owe money to these people. So <laughs> the the FTC actually charged them, like her promoters, her, everybody, like a lot of people, deceptive advertising, deceptive collective practices, deceptive billing practices. She ends up not getting indicted, but the Psychic Raiders Network ended up owing a billion dollars. So Whoa. yeah, her promoters settled uh, by erasing $500 million of debt um, owed to the uh, the Psychic Raiders Network, and they paid a $5 million fine to the FTC. So it did not end well for her. So after that, uh, she ended up sort of parodying herself. She she was in uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City as Auntie Poulet. Yeah, which, I, I mean, that's so funny because I remember playing it and thinking, ha, ah, that's a funny parody of Miss Cleo, but it was Miss Cleo. So, yeah, and she was on Fuse, that uh, that music network. So, yeah, weird stuff. Wow. And ultimately, she she actually used another pseudonym, Cleo Mill Harris, to uh, on this documentary called Hotline, which was about the relationship between, like, television people and strangers, including the Psychic Readers Network. So mm-hmm. the last job she did was... And this is kind of sad to me. I think this is this is BS. But uh, she she was actually in a French Toast Crunch commercial as Miss Cleo. But get this, she comes up with this character. Psychic Readers Network is like, no, that's our character, and they wouldn't let her uh, be in the commercials after that. Oh. Which I, yeah, I think that's BS. But here's what I meant about karma. Uh, she had lied about cancer to people to steal their money. Well, that's what did her in uh, four years ago was different kind it wasn't bone cancer but it was colon cancer and again i hate to say that in like a it sounds mean-spirited but it is kind of like you know you lied about having cancer so yes. yeah right um, oh, man. and the last thing i'm going to mention is because i just thought it was an interesting connection because people have legitimately assumed they might be related and they are not but you know we're going from john edward to mark edward mark edward is a mentalist who is open about it he he literally he, you know again like stage magic he is a quote he's like a non he's the anti-psychic i guess he does hmm. psychic things and he lets you know like this is fake this is not real and the reason why i mention this you know again he's he's in that james randy circle of, of magicians who bust people he took part in a wonderful little uh project called operation pizza roll and 
Opera- I can't believe you didn't laugh at that, Alex. Operation Pizza Roll. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Operation Pizza Roll. There was a- when you were talking, I looked over and my dog was like, like, like she was suffocating, so I moved. I really oh. pressed her nose. So, so she's breathing in her sleep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, uh, three years ago, or I guess I should be giving dates because people could listen to this a year or two from, from now. Uh, in 2017, there was a medium named Thomas John who does hot and cold reading. And, well, Mark Edward decided to do something about it. So <laughs> he he ends up going on this dude's show and, like, talking to him. And he found out how he did it. You know, again, uh, skeptics and, and uh, magicians, magicians in particular, uh, I don't know why I said skeptics, but magicians are really good at busting these kinds of people. That's that's why James Randi is so famous is because they tend to think in terms of trickery and this guy's no exception. So he's like, how is he doing it? How is he hot reading these people? You know, nowadays, again, this isn't the 90s back when John Edwards was popular. Facebook, you can Google anybody, right? You can find out all sorts of things about him and then regurgitate that back to him. So what he did was he made a fake profile. (laughs) And then he ends up talking to this guy. And guess what? Flipping Thomas John is telling him all these things from his fake profile. So he ends up busting the guy and, you know, damaging his reputation, obviously. And what's so funny about it (laughs) is that... Yeah, his his argument was, uh, I just had my eyes closed for a long time, and I didn't even know who was who I was talking to. Like he's like, I don't even remember. I don't even remember that. <laughs> what? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just amazing the excuses that that they do come up with when they are caught red-handed. Uh, but yeah, I just I wanted to bring that one up because one, I think it's really cool that that's something that this dude does, uh, Mark Edward, and two, it's interesting because I hadn't thought about it before that with social media, good Lord, you don't even really need to, uh, you don't need a psychic. You could, you could literally have anybody tell you about your life. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why he called it pizza roll. Was it because he looked like something else on the outside? I legit tried to, <laughs> I legit tried to find out. and I have no idea. I'm thinking maybe like, uh, we can have pizza rolls, but we got to be quiet. <laughs> you know, don't snicker. Oh man. I don't know, but that's all I got. Wow. Okay. I guess you're next, Cece. I guess it's my turn. Bring the heat. Mm-hmm. All right, let me pull up Don't my disappoint our listeners. Stop it. <laughs> Putting me on the spot, you're making me nervous. Okay, so I, you got, I really waffled between who I wanted to do because, number one, I love Teresa Caputo of the Long Island Medium. Oh, uh, Cece. That's who I thought you were fan. doing, yeah. Oh, I love her. She's awesome. <laughs> but... Which is why you're not doing her. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> when I watch that show, at one point it makes me cry. Like, every single episode I cry at least once because I'm like, oh, she connected them with their loved one. Oh, man. I can vouch for the, the crying. Yeah, you yeah. can. But at the end of the day, guys, I decided to cover Alison Dubois, who's not technically a television medium, but is she, she is uh, a medium. She was actually the inspiration for the television show medium, starring oh. Patricia Arquette. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, where she kind of goes around and she's a crime-fighting medium who has <laughs> visions of murder mm. when she's sleeping. Oh, that sounds real to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I used to love that show, too. I'm not going to lie. That was a good medium? show. Medium? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Didn't that show get canceled before the end? I don't know. They didn't see know. that coming. I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyways, Alison Dubois was born on January 24th, 1972, per her Wikipedia page, in Phoenix, Arizona. (gasps) When she was six years old, she claims that she realized that she had a special gift. She woke up in the middle of the night and her dead great-grandfather was standing at the foot of her bed. Mm. Gasp. (gasps) And it turns out that he was alive. (laughs) (laughs) If it were me and I saw my great-grandfather standing at the end of my bed when I woke up and I was six, I'd be terrified. Yeah. Anyways, he came with a message, obviously, and he told Allison to tell her mother that he was no longer in pain anymore, still with her. Which is probably a nice message to hear if you're... Yeah, I'd be like, I'm I'm glad you're not in pain when you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what Dubois told Oprah, because this is where I heard the story, was on... Oprah. She's on that show too. But Oprah said, well, how did your mom react when you came and woke her up in the middle of the night and said that her grandfather had said this and Alison Dubois said that her mom told her to go back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that. Yeah. 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 But Alison would continue to hone her skills and abilities over the years. Hmm. sharpening her vision so she could see things more clearly. She says that she can see both past events and future events, and most come to her via dreams. If you watched her television show, you guys would know all that already because it's in the television show. Add it to your list. Watch it. But let's get to Allison's career, okay? Hmm. She worked in the legal world, which is how she eventually got to the point where she was allegedly helping police departments solve crimes. Hmm. And she says that when she was interning in a homicide to become a prosecuting attorney, she would have to sort out the crime scene photos. And when she would touch the crime scene photos or touch the files with the victim's names on them, she would have little visions and start to realize that that's when she kind of realized that she might be able to use her gift for good. Hmm. And she says that she took three unsolved cases to test out her abilities. And she wrote up her impressions, just just like what she thinks happened. And she sent them off, and she heard back from a police department in Texas. And apparently, the information she gave them had details in it that hadn't been released to the public. So that was her first case where they were like, come on down here and help us figure this out. Hmm. Yeah. So that was how she, she kind of figured out what direction she was going to go. Hmm. Um, but was she helpful? That is the question. According to an article on phoenixnewstimes.com, Cops and family members of the victims deny that she was any help. Mm. Yeah. Despite this, though, her life still inspired the television show Medium, which, great show. But <laughs> it's ac- actually the television show is based on one of her books because Dubois has written some books. And you guys know how I feel when people write books mm-hmm. about themselves. It means they're fake. I, you know, I'm not going to mm. go go that far and say that it means that it's fake, but I mean, I'm always I, a little suspicious. When I saw President Obama's book, I said, oh, he must have never been president. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Why did that get me so bad? No, man. Well, Dubois' book titled Don't Kiss Them Goodbye is what inspired the show. Mm. The show ran from 2005 to 2011, which is when The Dead Files started, right? 2011? Yeah, 2011. Ooh. Boy, but mm-hmm. just because she has a TV show inspired by her life, does this actually indicate that she might be a true medium? Uh, actually, most things based on true stories are in fake, so mm. she's probably true. 
She's probably uh, half as fake. <laughs> well, first of all, she's not like being called a psychic because she's the medium. Yeah, she, a medium is a little. People take mediums more seriously than psychics, mm. which I kind of understand. Yeah, but Dubois did undergo a series of tests over several years at University of Arizona with this guy named Gary Schwartz, mm-hmm. and he's director of the Veritas Research Project. And she did some impressions for him and interviews and stuff. And Schwartz was apparently convinced of her abilities. He was like, oh, she's real. But he wrote a a book about his research. But Dubois says she does not endorse the book or Schwartz. So just putting that out there. Uh, But while he may be a believer, there are others that aren't quite so sure, Mm -hmm. including James Randi. He saw her, he said, nuh-uh. Mm-mm. <laughs> Listen. And uh, Randy looked at Schwartz's study and he was like, there aren't any real scientific controls to most of these experiments. Mm. So mm. it's hard to, to do an experiment without any scientific controls, if you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But he says that du- Dubois probably uses cold reading tactics, which, I mean, she also worked for the the legal system. And I feel like you've got to profile people when you're working in legal system. So mm-hmm. creating profiles for people, I'm sure that, you know, you can quickly look at somebody and analyze some of their life just based upon. She's like a Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah, she could be. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And I know we've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but Randy has his $1 million challenge where if you can prove your psychic ability, he'll give you a million dollars. And he yeah. asked Dubois if she wanted to do it. And she said, no, no. I don't want to do it. Hmm? And I'm not sure if it's because she knows she wouldn't pass or if she's like, I ain't got a darn thing to prove to you, James Randy. Mm. I don't know. Or she might know that if she showed off her ability, she might be obtained by the or detained by the government for experiments to weaponize mm. her abilities. <laughs> <laughs> well, what- I mean, really, the CIA does do some weird stuff when it comes to psychics and remote viewers and all that jazz. Remote viewing. That's something I just recently learned about, James. It's funny you bring that up. But Mm. one other skeptic, and this is for all psychics in general. It's not just like Dubois. It's a former FBI profiler slash MSNBC analyst named Clint Van Zant, And he thinks that psychics are far from helpful when it comes to solving crimes. Um, And he actually wrote a really good piece for NBC News back in 2005 about psychics. And he points out Mm -hmm. that psychics who claim to be able to help families of victims and police, you know, usually the situation is very emotionally charged, especially for families who are looking for answers if somebody has been taken from them. And Mm. so it's not a good thing to kind of rely on psychics for help under those situations because they're going to be ready and willing to believe anything. And... Mm. He had this to say of the, of psychics, quote, if psychics were truly successful and if their results were not simply the consequence of trickery or good interviewing skills, then why don't law enforcement agencies have psychic detective squads, a real X-Files mm-hmm. unit, or other ways to integrate these paranormal investigative capabilities, end quote. Oh, man, what a great idea for a show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Law and order. Magic edition. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dubois is still out there predicting things. And this is another thing that I saw when I was doing my research. She was on an episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. (laughs) Oh, 
which I heard CC watching. Yeah, things got weird, you guys. There was so much fighting and yelling, <laughs> and Dubois was in the mix, and she kind of came off a little mean, in oh, my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and she got a lot of she got a lot of flack for her appearance. Yeah, why? But you know. It, not her appearance. Well, I mean, one of the one of the Real Housewives. Not her looks, but I, I meant. No, I mean, her. I mean, why? It's, it's reality TV, is what I'm saying. It's oh, yeah, like it's reality. So well, why? that's the thing. All of the housewives know. were mean. All huh. of them, and one of them was really mean. I was like, I saw her, and I just thought, I want to get her a new cardigan. And I was like, that's so rude. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not a Real Housewives fan, just like in general, but. After that episode, I was like, hmm. After that episode, now she is. Yeah, Alex. <laughs> Alex, what did you think of it? Because you didn't watch it. You just heard everybody no, screaming. I just heard it, but you got to remember I was trying to block you, block it out as well. But uh, it sounded like a CC show. Oh, you know what? I'm kidding. You know <laughs> kidding. what? I'm, I'm kidding. done with it. It didn't have Guy Fieri, so it was Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Guy Fieri's my name. <laughs> but if you want to see mm. Dubois in person, she does hold seminars. They run from anywhere from $95 to $150, depending upon whether you go VIP or not. But some of her events have obviously been postponed because you know what's going on. Mm. You know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Allison Dubois does put out these little videos with, I think the guy's name is Tom McMullen. But you can find it on her website, AllisonDubois.com, which is where I got a lot of information. And then also a lot of uh, videos mm. about her on YouTube. But she puts out these little videos and they're called Allison and Tom take on the universe. And they talk about like current events that are going on. And they had the most recent one talked about the current illness that's going around. And Tom says he did some research on planetary alignments. And he claims that right now the world is so unstable because of the Pluto Saturn conjunction. Mm. Yeah. Mm. He says the last time Pluto and Saturn conjuncted was in 1914 and 1915, which was during World War I. And apparently there were also some similar planetary events going on during the Spanish flu and then also uh, when AIDS kind of came onto the scene. So (laughs) you guys, what if all this is just caused by the planets in the sky? Oh, man. Pluto. How How dare you? Pluto and Saturn. (laughs) When it it comes to uh, psychics, my, my opinion on the matter is... I think that it's possible for people to exhibit precognition and postcognition, but I think that it's more likely to happen in the case of someone like, you know, you know, some lady's son gets killed at war and she just immediately knows there's a connection there. Whereas, you know, somebody says, give me $50 and I'll, I'll tell you what your grandpa says from, you know, the beyond that that's a lot shadier to me. For one thing, there's no connection. There's no explanation of, of how they do it. And then there's a monetary incentive yeah. to yeah. lie. Well, and you don't you have a link with uh, your twin? I do. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I can't really be a skeptic about it as a whole simply because of that. I didn't know if, I didn't know if I should say your name or not, so I just did. Oh, no, that's fine. No, that's good. I'm hey, Andy. Be, be, oh, uh, I was going to say, be discreet, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to say, hi, Mandy. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I think that, I think the monetary... The incentive is definitely there. And also, yeah. it's true. When people are going to look for answers like this, there's usually something, you know, there's an emotion there that they're going to want to try and... Manipulate. Yeah, manipulate. Well, the people who are getting the reading, they want to hear something. So when they exactly. get that information, they're like, oh, 
There was yeah. there was a, uh, a Try Guys video on YouTube that I watched. I can't remember who the little psychic was. It was another television psychic. But they, they did a meeting with a psychic and he knew things about them that he says nobody else really knew, which I thought was interesting. Like all of them said, kind mm. of said that. But I don't know. For me, it's like social media. All these people have to do is really look up anything on social media and they can gather information. Or, you know, if you just look up your name on Google, you can find like all this information on people. You can see, okay, this is this person's mom and dad. Well, this this person's mom died in 2012. Let's Mm. talk about her. So I think that it's just, there's too much to it. That's, I don't really put much credence into it. Yeah. That's just me though. So that you guys is psychics, television psychics, celebrity psychics. Mine's real. You're all just fake. You know, I'm not going to say that (laughs) Alison Dubois is fake. I'm not going to say that she's fake, but I don't know. There are all these different factors that just kind of throw a little bit of. She was on Housewives. She's got to be fake like the rest of them. (laughs) Again, this is interesting because, yeah, I mean, we all kind of reversed uh, positions on this one. Yeah, this is a weird a weird episode, Alex. Yeah. I just felt like if we're going to be honest about it. We're going to uh, be honest we don't, about we it. Don't have, we don't have proof that she's lying as far as I can find. Mm. Neat. Oh. Mm. So is it time to draw from the box? It is. Let me get the Retrieve vase. the expensive vase. No. Hmm. I haven't commented on the price for a while. I felt like it was due. Mm. Mm. All right, baby. Baby. I'm drawing. I'm shuffling papers. I have two because we're stuck together. Now I have one. That's what I'm talking Ooh. about next week. Reincarnation from Hazel in Fort Worth, Texas. Yes. No idea. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm excited for this one. I can't wait to talk yeah. about that time that I was a lady, a ladybug. <laughs> well, <laughs> Alex will tell us about his ladybug past life. James, I, you know, James, I would be interested to see who you were in a past life. Mm. I might talk about that. Oh, James is going to talk about it. A dung beetle. A dung beetle. He's, no, he was <laughs> he was clearly a spider. Okay, well, <laughs> that's what we're talking about next week. Until next time. Well, Alex, Alex, who does our music? Our music is. By, I was going, Grant Cook. I know, but I, I was going to say the song, but I was like, you can't find it anywhere. So, our, yeah. our music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, anywhere you listen to music. And he just had a couple of new songs come out this month. So. Yeah, look them up. They're awesome. Uh, and if you mm. have a topic you want to send us, send it to us on Instagram uh, at 13th Floor Podcast, or you can email them to us at 13th Floor Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. All right, guys. Until Mm. next time, we hope that you can keep keep it it strange. May the Schwartz be with you. Thank you.